Raven, been a while since we've of recorded. Hey, Campbell. It has indeed been a little while. Doesn't it feel weird? No. No. Well, it felt Why? Weird. Why does it feel weird to you? What's your problem? Because, like, we don't have a backlog anymore. We're just, like, caught up yeah. with our recording and releasing. Yeah, we need a we we need we need to record more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you would like to guest on this podcast, let us know. Absolutely. How have you been doing though? Um, I've been doing really good. I just found a new place, which is awesome. I'm finally going to have a yard for my dogs, so I'm super happy about that. Um, and yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm a little stressed about some things, but I'm trying to like you know, keep myself calm, keep myself balanced. You know, I think mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. I think I'm doing okay. How about good. you? Uh, grad school sucks. And yeah, it seems you like know it. what? I'm trying to graduate this year, so just. There's just a lot to do, a lot of things, a lot of things to do all the time, always. So yeah. it's real nice to drink a bunch with <laughs> things like this. And that's why we do this. That's the real and reason. And hang out, hang out with my dear, dear friend. Indeed. Dear, dear, dear friend. Dear, 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 dear friend. <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be a fun episode where with... Uh, I guess I'll get us started with the yeah, segment we... that I'd like to call vodcabulary. I love. Did you think about it ahead of time? I did. Oh. I thought about it today, though, and I was just like, that's it. I mean, you know what? Close so, enough. Yeah. If I Cheers. may. Cheers. <laughs> Breathe through it. Breathe so, through it. So, vodcabulary, the word is balalaika. Ooh. Balalaika. It's a Russian stringed musical instrument. It has three strings, typically two of them. Oh my god, are tuned to the same note, and the third string is a perfect fourth higher. And it's kind of like, it's that one that has the triangular kind of like bass, mm-hmm. and it's used a lot in different kinds of Russian music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard of balalaika before. I didn't know that the strings were tuned that way. That's really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. I wasn't sure about that. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. But that is related to the musical we're talking today. A uh, favorite of mine from my childhood when, and I've it's been years since I've watched it. A sad ass children's so movie. Sad, so dark. Oh, I was not prepared. I don't think I'd seen this before. No, I had heard some of the um, music, but I was not prepared. Yeah, very few people are. But there, I mean, there's a reason for it based yeah. off the subject matter. But the musical we'll be talking about today is an American tale. Mm-hmm. And with that, the drink for today is what my loving boyfriend has so greatly named <laughs> the sweet cheese. Oh, that's because, awesome. Right? And I, because we knew we were going to do American Tale. Again, we're yeah. caught up with recording stuff. And so we have like a list of things we want to do. I was like, oh, I've been to, I kind of wanted to do this season one, think about some cocktails. And I was was really trying to figure out how can I put cheese in a drink? Yeah. You found a great way to do it. So first, let's take a cheers. And let's take a then cheers. We'll, let's take a cheers. Cheers. And then we'll talk about the drink and the inspirations and recipes and stuff. Clink. Cheers. Say cheese. Oh, Campbell. Oh, Campbell. Mm-hmm. That is a well, mm-hmm. that is a well-crafted drink. Ooh. That is so good. And listeners, I don't like coffee, 
but this is a coffee-based cocktail. I was shocked to see Kahlua in the ingredients. We have to do it. We have to do it. But I made it more palatable for myself yes. because I made my own Kahlua. Which I love for you. That's so cool. And it's super easy to do. I've never done before. And so Alex was helping me with it. But the coffee I used for it was Bones Coffee Frog's Breath, which was the Nightmare Before Christmas like specialty one. Nice. So it's a flavored coffee. So it's not coffee coffee. Yeah. So I can do it. And it's very chocolatey, cinnamony. So I had some like sugar, vodka. Yeah. That coffee. A lot of times people also mix just like cream with it. There's also like a very specific kind of whiskey people make to use Kahlua and it like sits for a while. Mm -hmm. But this is just like a, you know, quick and dirty one that I made this morning. <laughs> Ooh, quick and dirty. And then so as Kahlua, it has vodka, it has chocolate syrup, and the, the best part of it Truly. I can't take credit for. But this is a mascarpone foam. So good. That, so it's inspired by uh, popularity of a cheese tea, which is like cream cheese mascarpone foam mm -hmm. over like green tea. Um, That's been very, very popular in the East. And this um, bar owner, this mixologist at Elixir, um, H. Joseph Ehrman created this specific mascarpone foam recipe that I did, like, adjust and, like, you know, do some different things with. But basically, it's mascarpone cheese, condensed milk, um, heavy whipping cream, and, you know, getting that all together, whip it so it's still pourable, and yeah. so it kind of sits on the top of this. And I'm in love with this foam, so and I will be using it for hot chocolate. I'll be using it for desserts i'll be using it just to spoon into my mouth it <laughs> is so good and so i was expecting this to be a lot heavier agreed it it's so delightfully light like i was describing and um, you still taste the cheese yeah That's... yeah because i was talking i was talking to my partner about um about like what marshmallow is because we were looking for it in the grocery store and i was like it's kind of i had such a hard time yeah i was like it's kind of like a lighter like ricotta and that there's no flavor but like cream cheese and texture like it's a very creamy like almost no flavor cheese on its own but it's very rich and so when you mix it especially with the cream and the condensed milk it's like the perfect light sweetness that just like mm -hmm. like coats across your tongue and it's just oh it's amazing it's savory it's sweet yeah. it's like it has a good mouth feel it truly does uh love mouth feel it and so I'm going to stir in my all together because, like, the chocolate syrup kind of got lost at the bottom. So, listeners, gotcha. here's a little ASMR for you. delightful this drink is good and you still do taste the coffee but again mine is flavored coffee yeah. that is very overpowering it is a uh, bones coffee i have heard really good things my dad is the one that bought it for mm -hmm. my partner because like we like nightmare before christmas and he likes coffee and those kinds of things and we knew it would be perfect for cocktails so i was just biding my time um, to do a coffee-based cocktail. And so the arrangement of this is kind of like reminiscent of like a white Russian, which was completely Very accidental. Similar, 
Yeah, I mean, which is vodka, Kahlua, and, yeah. and like, milk. Um, but did you know, like, a white Russian, the only reason it's called, like, Russian is because there's vodka in it. There's, it's not, it doesn't, didn't originate in Russia knowing, or the Ukraine or anything like that. Knowing how most things with a nationality are named, that checks out. Because, like, a cheese Danish is not from Denmark. But they're so they're damn good. They're so good. Uh, yeah. So, yes, that's what this drink is, a sweet cheese. Um, is it a sweet cheese or the sweet cheese? Uh, I think the, the sweet cheese. The, sweet the, cheese. the I, th- I think that's a better article for this. So, An American Tale is a 1986 um, animated musical directed by Don Bluth. It was written by Judy Friedberg and Tony Geis, and the stories from David uh, Kirchner, Friedberg, and Geis. And this is just such a sweet group of characters that every time they were in peril, I was physically in pain. But basically it's about a uh, Ukrainian Jewish family of mice escaping Mm -hmm. persecution in Russia to America and the plight of... Um, Fifel Mouskowitz, who yeah. gets separated from his family. So this it was released in November twenty first, nineteen eighty six, by Universal Pictures. And very recently, after Disney released *The Great Mouse Detective*, and it is currently Don Bluth's second highest grossing animated film, only behind Boo Anastasia. Amazing. Yes, that and so it's like. Out. I mean, Bluth films like Land Before Time, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, There's so many, so many great movies uh, that he's been part of. And this also was the start of a franchise. So there's the sequel, An American Tale, Fible Goes West in 1991. CBS had a television series based on the movie, Fible's American Tales. Um, in 1992, and then there was some direct-to-video sequels uh, set between the first two films, so An American Tale, The Treasure of Manhattan Island, and An American Tale, The Mystery of the Night Monster. So Five Will Go West is also super, super good, but this is just such, it's just such a classic. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like this, and I really think, especially the beginning part where we're seeing their family um, in what was at this time, Russia, or is described as Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually Googled Shotska. Shotska, Russia. Yeah, was the name supposedly. Is yeah. that a real place? Was it a real place? It is a real place. You can Google it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I, I can. <laughs> um, but it, it's interesting because the beginning of this film, especially, I think, had more of an impact to me because we've watched uh, Piper uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, mm. Because especially. Oh my God. Did you hear about that recently, about Fiddler on the Roof? No, what happened? So, it's not great news. Oh, yikes. But the actor that played uh, Tebye, uh, Shemtopol, I believe, passed away very recently. Oh. Yeah, March 8th, 2023. Oh, wow, yeah. So, so 10 oh, days ago get, from we when we're recording. Go. Yeah. So, it's just... Uh, what a great musical. What a great time we had recording that episode. Honestly. Honestly. Because that, and like, the music that's 
part of the culture and the era for like both these movies and so I was really impressed with the composition so I'm really excited for a Raven's composition oh Governor, yes I'm which I assume is the new that. jingle <laughs> that it's just it's just so inspired and true to form and I just I don't know I I despite some you know not great people being the composers, the style of music coming off from people like Shostakovich mm. and things and composers like him that have bad, bad, bad politics. Um, just like that type of music, I just love so fucking much. Yeah, yeah. So we start off in Shatska, Russia in 1885. Um, we see a quaint little snow-covered Jewish town. Mm-hmm. Um, this this opening credits scene, the main title opener, is just the the difference between like the snowflake animation and then the words that like fade into like a very powdered snow. Oh yeah. I thought I was like, oh no, just in the eighties and nineties, these anime musicals, these intro title sequences. I'm just, a fan. They put that effort into it, and I just always I just respect that so much. We should get back to that. And I, I do miss. Think- Film scores. Agreed. Of course, I need I need to be watching more movies mm-hmm. to like get a appreciation and like really you know be very zeitgeist about yeah. it. What's actually going on? But it does seem like a lot of movies nowadays are just um, soundtracks, not scores. Agreed. Um, and is, I, is and there I, a difference? Did I do that correctly? Maybe I don't know, but we're both <laughs> snobs and we can do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, but I, I do really appreciate like a main title sort of sequence and and individual piece. Yeah, set the because mood. It really set the sets scene. the mood for the honestly the entire film for especially films. Give like me this. a preview of the songs I'm going to hear. Love it. I love that. I love when there's you hear somewhere out there motifs. a bunch in the overture. So yeah. much. I love me. I love me a good musical moment like that. So we come in um, on a little mouse hole under a house, um, and uh, it has the the name uh, Mousekowitz over the top of it. So which the the humans that live there they're the Moskowitzes, and so they're the Moskowitzes. Yes, which is and so cute. It is just so cute, and then we are introduced. To, we see uh, Papa Mouskowitz uh, playing the violin. Papa being played by Nehemiah Persoff, who's been in... He was also the Papa uh, in Yentl. He's been in Hawaii Five O. He has a, He did a biographical one-man show, Shalom Alheim. Uh, and due to health reasons, he stopped acting, but did take a painting in 1985 and he made more like more than 100 works of art that has been exhibited like in up and down the coast of california that's cool really really cool we see mama played by erica yon uh, who's been in Wee's big adventure the godfather part two state of grace we're introduced to the children of the family we have amy green who plays tanya who's also been new heart saint elsewhere but the singing voice of tanya is played by uh Betsy Cathcart, and then we also have the main character of our movie, Philip Glasser, who plays Fievel, hmm. who's been in the Pink Panther, like the animated Pink Panther. Um, he's been in Hang Time, um, and with Amy Green, they they won Best Animation Voiceover uh, Group uh, Young Artist Award. Oh for that and i was just like oh that's like really well deserved because i was very impressed 
with these little little children There's singing little babies. and acting, and like the voice cracks, and every time Fifle cried, I like yeah shattered, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm not positive, but the name Fifle. I believe is Steven Spielberg's grandfather's name. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which like led to like his name and stuff. Yeah. So we see this little Oh, and then there's little baby. Uh what is the baby? Oh, the name? baby. Did they say the baby's name? They did briefly. Yasha. Yasha. Oh, that's pretty. They forgot about this baby so many times. Who's watching this baby? <laughs> no one in was most watching this, this movie. baby for most of the movie. Um, so the parents are. Uh, They're worried so, about the wrong kid. So we see this little mouse family. Um, we see the two parents. There's two um, somewhat older kids. They're still like elementary age. Um, for, presumably for however that relates. I think to they're mouse supposed to be like. Ages. I think they're supposed to be like six and eight or that six and seven, out. something like that. That checks out. Um, and then there's a baby. Um, so we see the parents are giving the two older kids, uh, Fifle and what was Tilly's name before her name was Tilly? I think you just said Tanya. it. Tanya, thank you. Um, uh, so the parents are giving Fifle and Tanya their Hanukkah gifts. Um, so oh. he gives Fifle hat his wear. hat and Tanya um, her mother's wrap. His ancestral hat. <laughs> yes, who has been uh, which has been in their family for like three or four generations at this point, um, and so they're all talking about how they want to go to America because there are mouse holes in every wall and there are no cats. And I'm like, you were in for a rude awakening. <laughs> uh, but let them dream. Uh, we can let them dream, but it won't be for very long. So. Um, hey. They they want to hear about different stories. They yeah. talk about the mounts, the mouse of Minsk. They also whose tail is a mile long. Yeah. They also talk about basically Rapunzel mouse. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. But during this Hanukkah celebration, yeah. we see the start. Well, not the start. We see a, the full a, yeah. on anti-Semitic attack. Uh, a pogrom. I think on they were this called. town. What a pogrom. I believe is what oh, they were okay. referred to. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, on the town uh, in Shochka, followed by not only humans but Nazis. Not well. Not at this point. Not, not Nazi, Nazi because it's not the Nazi party yet. But Russian but anti-Semitic cats. Cats. Yes. Um, and then we get into the score, the Cossack cats. And if you don't know, that's what like the score title mm-hmm. of that song is. And people don't know that word. It's a member or people of southern Russia and Ukraine noted for their horsemanship and military skill. Interesting. And my first note in this little ditty Five will no. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, Five the family. tries to be a hero. He tries to like scare off the cats, um, and they end up like chasing him back. And he manages to make it back to his family, like kind of in the nick of time. But I love the animation here, specifically the glow of the fires on oh, the yeah. top of the snow. It's it's oh. just a good painted backdrop. Yeah, with animation like overlaid. It's just. I think the animation in this sometimes, like, you can definitely tell it's, like, from the 80s, early 90s, like, that kind of era of animation. But it's not bad animation. No, but I think what's, I really appreciate about that era of animation was that the diversity of, like, I mean, it's not, like, camera angles and shots, Mm. but, like, that, like, forced perspective and, like, drawing from 
different angles throughout the entirety of the movie. It was always very dynamic. And I and I think it's really important, um, specifically... Which it didn't need to be for a kid's movie. No, but I think it's really <laughs> important for this type of film and similar types of film that specifically focus on animals um, as the main characters, because these creatures are mice. And so the perspective is actually really important to understanding yeah. the perspective of a mouse. And I think they really do that well in understanding the sheer size difference between our main characters and a lot of the obstacles they're interacting with yeah, yeah. um so, so yeah so he like is able to evade the cats, the cats that um, are but their house committing hate crimes their house is burned down um so they end up having to like find somewhere else to go to which happened a lot um the purpose of these programs was to just destroy their towns and force them out into whatever environments they could find. So they end up, they and several other mice um, end up boarding a boat to America um, to try and find a In Hamburg, Germany. In Hamburg, Germany, Which, yes. Th there's some good polka going on. <laughs> I don't know who thought of accordion, tuba, clarinet, and maybe a drum or something like that. But that combination of instruments, it's just real fun with a certain style of music and more, um, not classical, but uh, very styles of music with long histories. Um, the instruments that are very intrinsic to it. I always find that super interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. That's all I had to say about that. And you but know when uh, they're, they're going, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> wow. Reagan's no, I just meant you are enough, Campbell. Mm, thank you. When they're going up through, I don't understand though. Like, well, I do understand because it was like for comedic effect. Every mm. time Fifel's like, "Oh, look over there! Look over there!" Oh, and, and the, the, like, the music would the stop ship. the band. Yeah, yeah, and he would like stop like lines of mice from like going up on like climbing up the rope. Why did the band stop? Why were they affected by? They were just standing still. They were just playing. That's a fair point. I do think it was only for comedic effect, but you're right. Technically, yeah. in the scene, no, it like I make understand, sense. but I'm just like, how unprofessional. <laughs> the show German must mice. go on. How dare you stop? Um, yeah. So they, so they go get on the onto deck. the ship. Yeah, they see they see some fish. Some well, there's uh, three barrels yes. for the meals. You have your breakfast herring you have your lunch herring and you have your dinner herring mm -hmm, very important and this i don't know i know it's a very stressful time they're emigrating to a new country but get your kids in fucking line <laughs> control your goddamn offspring you're in public <laughs> this is what this is what child I'd, leashes were made for <laughs> i was literally about to say that exact i like took a note down to like say that exact i was like i understand child leashes now you know but okay but legitimately i used to rant against child leashes but there are a lot of children that elope meaning randomly run away um and and parents are tired you hiking they just the parents just no lost their home as well they have two other kids yeah. one of them they'll be more forgetful about but <laughs> it's just they're just trying they're just trying. They're but just trying to keep their family All together. the problems that occur in this movie, other than the hate crimes... <laughs> nope, that, were, that one too. 
Yeah, that one too. Uh, was because like you need to watch your damn kids. Watch your damn kids. Okay. So they're so just talking. To... The song "There Are No Cats in America." Yeah. Where. Which is such a we... dark song, low key. The the the, key. The, the the streets are paved with cheese, which leads to the most important question of this discussion, Raven. What kind? What's of your cheese? favorite kind of cheese? Oh my gosh. Monster. You can you, if it could be specific for like a sandwich or something like that, and your favorite like general cheese. Ooh, okay. So let's say this: my favorite cheese to eat by itself would be okay. either Munster or Havarti. Um, I guess by itself, Munster with crackers, by- Havarti. Okay. On okay. a sandwich, so by- provolone. Okay. Or but what about jack. in general? Ooh. In okay, so by itself, Munster on a sandwich. Provolone or pepper jack, so pepper jack. In general, Havarti. Okay, for mine, on by itself, I would say pepper jack. Pepper jack is a great cheese. I didn't on like, like it a sandwich, provolone. But as a whole, in general, ricotta. Sorry, one of the dogs just started barking a lot, but they stopped now. So, honest. Wait, honest. Did you say on a sandwich, ricotta? No, I said on a sandwich, provolone, but in general, ricotta. Okay, I can I can forgive that. I because was like, I think ricotta me. is a very versatile cheese. <laughs> ricotta is an incredibly versatile cheese. Savory stuff like a, like a good lasagna, a calzone. Mm-hmm. I like when I'm making homemade pizza instead of like a sauce. I like sometimes mixing up some ricotta, some oil, some roasted red pepper, mm, some red pepper oh flakes, shit. some oregano, some salt, some pepper, and Campbell. just do that as my base. Yes. Yeah, I know. Um, but also it's so good. Like a lemon ricotta cheesecake mm. is so good. A or cannoli. On a cannoli? Oh my Are you gosh. fucking kidding me? But ricotta, I love so, 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 so much. Ricotta is a great cheese. So basically these, this is These all mice from, have strife. All the adult mice. So it's Fievel's father. Um, and then I think an Italian mouse. And then Played by Johnny Guarnieri. And an Irish mouse plays by Irish. Warren Hayes. Okay. Yeah. Um, he oh. was dressed like a leprechaun. Was he? He wasn't wearing green. Yes, he was. And he had buckles on his hats and shoes. That's And he, he's the one that dirged so hard. And that makes a lot more sense because why would an English person be fleeing to America um, <laughs> in the 1800s? Because they think they own it. Uh, um, facts. Um, so basically, we find out that Papa's parents were killed by cats um, while they were traveling to Minsk. Um, and he, in his own words, woke up an orphan. And I was like, oh, yikes. Um, and then, but they, they keep oscillating between these super dark verses of like all these things that these cats have gone through, all the different ways they've been persecuted and oppressed, and then go to, but there are no cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese. And I'm just like, oh no, but there are cats in America. And I'm so sad for you to find that out. What do you think would be the best, like, if you had to like pave a street with cheese, what do you think would be the most functional? Oh, obviously a sharp cheddar because it's not going to melt. I was thinking maybe something a little harder, like a, um, like an Asiago. Ooh, actually Asiago might be a good one. After, um, after they sing, there's a... Oh, I mean the Italian mounts, they're like, oh, so bad. No provolone. I was just like, I understand your, (laughs) I understand your struggle. (laughs) 
Yeah, and so there was Don Ton, Don Tony Tablioni, the cat. Hilarious. And I was just like, oh, okay, he lost, like, I don't know, the people. It was a mobster cat. It's just like, I love my mom, but he killed her. And I, I was like, oh, oh no. my God. And then they go to the major key. And then the Irish mouse, a calico cat, caught his true love. And it's very, like, you know, English, Irish, green sleeves type music. And he was just crying on a grave. Yep. I think and his then was like back the to most the major depressing. Key. Yeah. He dirged. He dirged a <laughs> oh good. Oh my gosh. And so then there's a big storm. And the ship is kind of partially flooded. That like cloud was dumping that rain. Don't. It, the animation for that was so funny. Literally, a, cl- a rain cloud literally opened up over the ship, ship and just dumped water onto it. Um, and that was the transition. Um, so then there's a bunch of like water pouring into the ship. Uh, so, like, the, the lower levels uh, have kind of, like, a layer of water. So we see the mice are all just in this, like, shallow pool, basically. A couple of them are playing checkers, and they're just floating the board back and forth. Um, There's this, like, a lot of the mice are, like, I think this is kind of like a nod to amusement parks, are in a literal teacup spinning around. They feel yeah. sick. There's one, uh, like, other kid mouse is eating pickles, like, you want to bite? And they, like, look like they want to vomit. Like, what's up with y'all? And, and that's how I feel when I see pickles, because I hate them. Uh, pickles are amazing, and you're wrong. That will be my next cocktail challenge, having dill or pickle juice or something I like that in a cocktail. Probably that. in a Bloody Mary, which I already yeah. know the musical we're going to do for that. But you don't like Bloody Marys in general, so... I, You know what? I'm willing to do it for the podcast. I'm a yeah, hero. I love that for you. <laughs> So Feifel is uh, is on a bar of soap. He's kind of sliding back and forth. Um, he... Watch a damn kid. Watch a damn kid. Well, he's to like be slipping, fair, to sliding be fair, all to be throughout. Fair, the Papa does say Feifel come and sit with us, and Feifel slides over on the bar of soap, and then doesn't get off the bar of soap. He makes literally no movement to to follow his father's direction and just says yes papa and then slides right on back and washes out to the main deck um and so then his dad chases him down a whole bunch of hijinks ensue and he ends up going overboard yeah because he's at first he was like oh fish are up there Feifel's very curious and wants to see up mm. there he's like oh don't worry papa i'm just getting my hat the arm on this mm. mouse able to just hammer throw his hat over a flight of stairs <laughs> yeah. which comparatively is like a, a, a pretty huge far distance. distance for like a what two three inch mouse <laughs> right yeah and uh during this we have the the song the storm like the orchestration of it of course is very you know menacing yeah and the animation of like the water is like there's like so the devil yeah, it's, and it's really Poseidon, Davy Jones? I was just like, who are you? <laughs> I actually really appreciated the way they animated that. Like, I, I was, it was confusing for a split second, and I was like, oh, but that's actually really cool. Um, and so we see this devil, like, rising up out of the sea and, and dumping water on them. Um, and, yeah, in, that, in the last big splash, Fievel ends up going overboard, and now... His family but is mourning. I, I know this is true of rats, so I don't know if I'm just like assuming it is for mice as well, but they can't hold their breaths for so long. A ridiculously long time. Which I learned from a DVD like bonus extra. Don't you miss DVD like yes. bonus ex- like extras from the movie Ratatouille? <laughs> I knew that that was going to be the movie, and that's so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Fievel gets lost at sea, which lost is sea. heartbreaking because he's like a, like a little six year old. Yeah. Do we want to do another drink? Let's make another drink. Cheers. Cheers. Look at this head. Clink. That's a Clunk. That's amazing. This drink's so good. So I'm good. so I'm happy. so the I'm so chocolate, happy with this. the coffee, the foam. I ah, oh, it's so good. So. The rest of the family, after Fievel goes overboard, um, they they mourn him and they end up at Ellis Island. And we see Papa, when they say, you know, how many are you declaring your group? He says five and then he has to correct himself and say four, uh, which is really sad. But the scene switches and we see that Fievel actually did survive in a glass bottle and floated to Ellis Island, which is lucky as hell. Oh my God. Um, although maybe he was already in the current, so who knows. But Yeah, we don't know how close they were. Yeah. Um, so he's found by a French pigeon, which I think is really funny because he yeah. is on he is on the island where the Statue of Liberty sits, um, which I, I think technically is Ellis Island, but actual Ellis Island stopped taking immigrants perhaps before this but it might have been the early 1900s i could be wrong and i don't feel like googling it right now have i have you have you i shown you my family's like my great grandma on my mom's side we have her alice island papers from that's so Italy, cool like all framed and stuff like that yeah that's it's really so cool, cool. Um, but yeah the pigeon uh henry, henry um uh played by christopher Plummer. oh my god knives out nine yeah. up the narrator madeline a beautiful mind um he like has two i mean uh, in addition to all the awards he has won in his really long career Mm -hmm. uh he does have two tony awards and six nominations but the wins were the first was in 1974 as the best actor in a musical for the title role in cyrano uh which i never know how to pronounce that like cyrano Cyrano. deborgerac Yeah. Okay. Um, and the second in 1997 as best actor in a play in Barrymore. Oh, ooh. Okay. Yes. But, and of course, he is French because the, the Statue of Statue Liberty, 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 Liberty from the French. Mm-hmm. Specifically, it was designed by French sculptor Frédéric Auguste Bartoli. Um, and the metal framework was built by Gustave Eiffel. Oh. And so this pigeon is. I guess helping construct Construct, it. (laughs) Which is weird, but cool for this kind of animated film. Um, And when they're like kind of getting closer to it, um, there's a song kind of um, being sung. And it's uh, like the inscription that's like on the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched... uh, refuse of your teeming shores and those the homeless the tempest tossed to me i lift my lamp beside the golden door yes and so the the piece is called uh give us your tired your poor or give us yes. your tired give us your poor which was a poem written on the base of the statue of liberty um the new colossus by what was her name emma it was emma something emma lazarus uh november 2nd 1883 yeah, so yeah, so right around the time this is happening, um, the statue was still being uh, completed and constructed. Um, so yeah, so so he's he's found by this French pigeon who takes him in um, and kind of helps you know, buck him up, get him ready for America. Um, bucking him, bucking up. 
<laughs> he's a child um and then we get into the song never say never um not this is america gosh darn it yeah and basically the song is about like staying optimistic staying hopeful saying like don't ever like because five will keep saying i'm never gonna find my family there's no way i can find them america is so big like i have no idea where they are um and hungry is basically saying like this is america this is the land of never saying never this is the land of endless hope of endless optimism like if there's anywhere that you can succeed in finding your family it's here you know so never say never um i have no real thoughts on this song i think it's basically good um it didn't do it's... anything for me really no oh just one more thing i do want to say about emma lazarus i was checking my notes oh yeah um but she was also uh, an activist for um for like jewish people and things like that that's awesome which I think, you know, definitely relates. It's it definitely upsetting how current this movie is. Isn't it? Isn't it always upsetting when we watch old movies? <laughs> and like interestingly Congress, enough, so this movie, I just thought about this movie came out in 1986. Um, the beginning, of, at the very least, was set in 1885, so nearly exactly a century after. Yes. Which is just, just That's fun. interesting. Um, so Fievel, um, you know, he gets this this boost of encouragement of hope and optimism from Henri um and then he goes off on his own he's like I'm gonna find my way I'm gonna find my family and he runs into Warren T. Racked um which what fun. a name <laughs> um but he's a sneaky little rat um and ends up not selling him but uh turning him over shall we say to another rat who basically profits on child and elderly labor um yes. and then says send me your salary and leaves him there yeah so warranty rat played by john finnegan who's also been columbo murder she wrote then we have his little like sidekick the little cockroach i guess yeah digit played by will ryan who was also petrie in land before time who's in thumbelina the little mermaid the smurfs and then mo so a the... lot of small individuals Yes, and so then there's Mo, who is that rat that he's like sold to, yeah. because he made fifty cents yes less yesterday. He less yesterday, than today. and Mo will take children for fifty cents a day. Which I will say. So he said they were doing the digit was doing the calculations. So plus seventeen dollars and all that stuff, that would have been a hundred and six dollars and thirteen cents in eighteen eighty five. In twenty twenty three. That's is equivalent in purchasing power to about three thousand two hundred ninety-one dollars and fifty-six cents in a day. Yes. Sometimes I really think I need to turn to a life of crime because it's not okay. You just need to like break some laws and commit some just crimes. Just break some laws. Just no, no, no. Break some that's the right way to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what I said at one point. Um. Um, so we do see... Isn't that insane? I was like, insane. I have to look this up later. Oh my gosh. Um, and yeah, and then so over... Mo played by Hal Smith, and he's also been in the Andy Griffin show. He's also Owl oh. in Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. so then we, we cut over to a little mini scene, and we see that Fievel's sister, Tanya, um, now Tilly, 
um, we see that she is telling her parents, you know, I really have a feeling that Five was still alive. And her mother, this is so sad. I understand why her mother says this, but she's just like, it'll go away. Like, that feeling will go away in time. And in the scene specifically, Tanya is the only one in full color. Everyone else is muted. The background, too. I didn't take note of that. That's so interesting. Ah, good observation, Campbell. Um, so then we go back to Moe's place, and we see that Fievel makes Welcome a... to Moe's! <laughs> and we see that Fievel makes a rope, and uh, with one of those standard, you know, tying a bunch of cloths together, um, and escapes out the window. And he's, he's gone. Like, Tony... We also introduced... Well, we're introduced... Introduced to, to uh, Tony another and... younger mouse, like, much older, maybe, like... I don't know. Like a teenager Teens, late yeah. teens. Uh, yeah. I would believe early 20s. Um, but Tony Taponi, uh, uh, played by Pat Music. Mm. Uh, and she's been in so many different animated... She's such a good like voice actor. Mm-hmm. Some things with Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Rugrats Ooh. All Grown Out. Rugrats and Rugrats All Grown Up. Love that. Duckmen. She's been oh, in, like, Duckman a million things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so so they... Fievel tells Tony about his plan to escape um, as he's, like, dragging the cloth, like, the rope out the window and everything. Tony starts to, like, climb down after him, but Fievel is gone. Like, Fievel is on his way. Um, Where'd he go? He gone. <laughs> he gone. Um, so he's out in the city now, all on his own. Nearly gets taken out by a train and a couple of horses. Um, you're Ugh. a tiny little mouse, bud. You gotta be careful. He's being, like, starved. Uh, because, yes. And it just makes me so sad. So, Tony... Uh, just so many things happen. He, like, hears... Anytime he hears the violin, he's like, that must be Papa. Yeah. And it's just, like, so, it's so, so, so... Because he even, he even said when... Um, when Warranty Rat first gives him over to Mo, he even says Papa, and then is very quickly corrected. Um, so it's just it's just a sad story of this like six year old trying to find his family. Um, I think also a really fun moment in the well, not it's not a fun moment, but it's like a fun fact. Um, so when we see, and it's just every time they are almost interacting with each other, like in the same area it made me so mad because i'm like just look in a different just direction and you'd see yourself each other. it's so infuriating but so he just passed his family and some of the music that's we see like sheet music for poor wondering one which is an aria mm-hmm. which is fun because poor wondering one is also a song from pirates of penzance that is sung by moira anderson but in Pirates of Penzance, um, Linda Ronstadt Penzance uh, is like singing that in the and. credits of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, her and James Ingram sing a version of Somewhere Out There. A version that was uh, like a special version that was basically written specifically for Linda Ronstadt to perform. Yeah, and like that somewhere out there we'll get to it but now i'll just say now it did win go on to win like two grammy awards okay well i was going to say that during my composer's corner but i guess you can steal my thunder campbell nope my whole life is thunder (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) that was funny um so then uh five and tony um after they run past this uh papa and tanya uh 
Okay, so they, they're running into this, like, square where a bunch of mice are. Um, there is a young female mouse um, that is kind of on her soapbox, you know, trying to be an activist, trying to get people riled up to start a revolution. Well, she's not trying to be. She is one. She is one. Fair. Way um, to dismiss her. I'm sorry. And her endeavors. <laughs> what is her name? Because I thought her name was uh, Tanya, but that was the sister's name, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Bridget? Brigitte? Brigitte. Ah, Okay. Um, so they see Brigitte, uh, a young mouse activist, uh, Irish mouse, who is trying to convince the mice, you know, there's so many more of us than the cats. We're in America. This is the land of freedom. We have freedom of speech. We can say the word cat. We can rise up against them. We can do this. Um, so all the mice kind of get scared because one, a cat starts coming, but they, they're, uh, scared off a little bit by her language, by her, um, audaciousness couldn't think of the, the word i was going audacity. to so let's use that one um and her fervor her fervor oh that's a great word um and so five is saying what are y'all all scared for that my daddy told me that there are no cats in america there was nothing to be scared of and in that moment he is swallowed by a cat and i was like i told you i told you there was going to be a reckoning y'all gonna be real disappointed <laughs> you're gonna be reckoned so hard <laughs> yeah, and so uh, Brigitte is played by Kathy Ann Bloor, uh, who's also been in Fatal Beauty. She's been in, like, in Jim and the Holograms. And I also think it's real fun because instantly Tony is just like, this I love one. this girl. Both of them. Because when she looks macking. at him, too. When she looks oh, at him, Oh, she's into it. She's blushing. You it. see yeah. that mouse blushing? Mm -hmm. Can mice blush? Let's Google it. That's a great question. I mean, they, they are mammalian. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's a good question because they're mammalian, which means they have warm blood flow. Researchers found that rats experiencing positive emotions had an increased pinkish hue on their ears. See? Do you, and then uh, people also ask, do, how do mice show they're happy? Do mice laugh when tickled? A tickled rat lets out tiny giggles, too high for us to hear. Special microphones captured the squeaks so they could be replayed in lower register. Belly and back tickles elicited giggles galore. Tail tickles, not so much. That's so... Google's so much fun. I love the things that we randomly study about animal behavior. The internet was a mistake. <laughs> Facts. Um... So yeah, so Five will get swallowed by a cat. Tony manages to save him. But he parkours up some apple slices. Yes, yes. Um, and then we see none other than Gussie Mouseheimer. I mean, we were introduced so many people before then. They We have to Fine, know the reason ahead. they're getting there. Um, Fine. Who tells Bridget, <laughs> like Brigitte, that... Hey, I'm trying to find my family, and she was like, "You know who knows every mouse here? Honest Tom. Let's go. Let's go over to him." So they go to another mouse wake. Mm -hmm. It's his third of the day. He's super drunk. Yet another. Whatever day. he's drinking is burning wood. Yeah, it's very concerning. Yeah. So Honest Tom is played by Neil Ross, who's been in Back to the Future Part Two, the Transformers, the movie, like the animated one. Um, he's been in so many like video game voiceovers. I want to shout out specifically one of my favorite video game series, Mass Effect. Ooh, he was I the uh, Codex narrator, and so Honest Tom is there, and he's just kind of this this side of the mouse tracks. He's mm -hmm. he's the 
leader. Yeah. And so they're talking to him. He's asking, "Is like, are they registered to vote? So there's some kind of log, I guess, he has access to that he, like, gets to know, I guess, his constituents. Interesting. So maybe not just, maybe not knowing them. There, There's another motive for knowing every mouse in town is yeah. what I got from that kind of interaction. But then we see the thickest mouse in all of town. Gussie Mouseheimer. None Which, she's fun. She's so fun. She Shout out to Madeline Kahn, who voices her. Also been in Paper Moon, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, Clues, A Bug's Life. Uh, she's a trained opera singer. That's like, so cool. She, so, someone who has a mastery over the vocal arts. Yeah. Yeah. So... She basically, she has, like, the social influence, the monetary power to kind of bring all these mice together. So she comes up and she's... Oh, she's, she's one... Uh, uh, what What's the band? Diane Twerd? Uh, Rich Bitch? You know <laughs> yes. Remember that? Remember when you used to listen to that? Uh, I, I, I think you're freaky and I like you a lot. <laughs> Never seen Chappie, but they're in that too. So she approaches Honest Tom and she's like, you know what? I want to have a rally. I want to have a rally because we need to talk about this. We need to figure out a what? Out a wowie. <laughs> it it did give me fond memories of speech classes in elementary school. <laughs> I was going to say great representation for speech impediments. Yeah. Um. So she wants to have a rally to, uh, to to help the mice rise up to come up with a plan to get rid of all these cats because that's the only way they're going to thrive. So she says, "I'm gonna bring all the uptown cats. You bring all the downtown cats." Or Mice, sorry. Um, I'll bring on the uptown mice. Yeah, you bring on the cats. downtown mice. Um, and that way, we're going to run these cats, cats out of town. Cats do not know the difference between a rich and poor mouse. Correct. And that's a problem. Because she says, she says, you know what? Because all of these mice... Um, oh, no, 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 no. This, that's after the song. Um, so, yeah. So, she gets this idea. Like, we want to have this rally. Um, after that... And so they do. Well, before that, we see Fievel is singing to the moon. No, no. Before the I physical the... rally. Oh, before the figure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We see, like, honestly, one of the most, like, if you don't know this movie, you do know you this do song, know though. This song. At least this melody. It's one Literally, the, I knew this song, I think but most... I never watched this movie. It's, I think it's, uh, if not the most well-known, at least definitely top five it, well-known animated songs. Yes, it is. It is somewhere cool. out there. I mean, it won a Grammy Award. Yes. Two, actually. And, yeah, two. It, one was just Song of the Year, and the other one was uh, Best Song Written for a for Specifically film. for a motion picture or a television. Which yeah, is such a specific or award category, but we'll move on. Um, so then we see, we see Young Fievel... Um, we see young Fievel yearning, longing for his family, um, begins I was to sing so out into the moonlight, sad. somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight. And, and like the, the vocal cracks, Yes. which, like, uh, spoiler alerts, I think I'm going to emulate that very well because your boy <laughs> may be playing the trumpet today. LMA also, that's so cool. Um, but... <laughs> Literally, I have my clarinet on backup. Like, so so both of the kids are, well, especially five. And Tanya. A little pitchy, but I think it makes sense. It's better that way. It, it's honestly better because when it gives more of the 
it gives more of the actual vibe of a child of a literal child singing this song because one that's what's happening um but also especially on Fievel's part, because Tanya's is a slightly more put together vocal performance. Um, but Fievel is very emotional in this scene. Like he's a, well, what, six, yeah. maybe well, eight year I old? Do, the singing voice may because Amy Green was also very young, the voice actor for Tanya. Yeah. But the singing voice may have been older. Oh, okay. Betsy Cathcart. Yeah. But still, I like the fact that they intentionally put in those vocal cracks. I think it makes the performance, um, especially being from a child, like a little bit more emotional, a little bit more um, evocative. But um, this song is just so sweet. And I hate to say this, but I was thinking for the majority of this song, do you remember that SpongeBob episode (laughs) where SpongeBob was offered up in a game of poker and lost and went to the chum bucket. And we have the musical rendition of uh, just a rusty spoon without you between SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs. Yes. A grill is a grill. grill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And fries should be fries either way. Um, But I don't feel like going that entire song but i (laughs) um (laughs) fix my bangs um that's the vibe i got from this song very much this was like so much sweeter like which does lead to like you know the name of this drink and just um but this song is just so so good and so sweet especially specifically between him and his sister it's just so cute. So I just think of Feifel. I I mean, I think it may have been like a new girl where the character Jess, Zoe Deschanel, was saying something about she was thinking about Feifel, the little Jewish mouse, <laughs> like in America. Like there's like a quote about fight like an american tale a new girl yeah and i just when i like watched the episode i was just like <laughs> i just think about every time i think about fifle i just get sad because yeah. oh, he's just so sweet if i ever see like a small animal like a puppy it just gives off the energy that fifle does well, just such a little baby Fievel does yeah so cute. he's just he's just a baby he's just a baby <laughs> so after somewhere out there, then we switch scenes and we switch to this is now we're going into the rally that um, Gussie Mouseheimer wanted to put together. So, you know, she's talking, she's saying, you know, this is this is unfair. Like we need to band together, the like all of us together to like push these cats out of town. They are preying on us, you know, they're killing mouse mice rich and poor alike and blah blah blah. And a lot of the mice are saying, well, what do you care about our problems? Like, can you relate to our issues? You know, you're rich. Um, you don't even have the same issues as us. And she says, you know, money isn't everything. I know because I have money and I have everything. And that everything means nothing without my freedom. And I'm like, I mean, you got there. You used the wrong formula and got the correct answer. So Right. <laughs> um, so there you're like, you know what? fine you're correct you know at the end of the day we're all being um oppressed and persecuted by these cats so again like yeah we need to band together we need to fix this so they come up with a plan 
Um, they all sneak out kind of in the middle of the night with all these little torches and tools. Um, and they're like, we're going to make this plan to drive all these cats out of America. Which, granted, the idea of America seems to be isolated to New York City, but that's fine for now. They're mice. They're, they're quite small creatures. Um, right. But they come up with this plan to drive uh, the, all the cats out of America. Um, and that is where... We're gonna take a little break. Yes. Campbell, do you remember being back in like third grade and having like music class and learning to play the recorder and like hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know, I know a lot of wind instruments. I physically was mm -hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> that's so, wait, that's so, that's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair, I suppose. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, put, put a pin in that. Boop. Um, so, unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn uh, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. Nailed out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, 
train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. Raven, I may be feeling it. Of course you are. Because I'm, well, I'm feeling it and you had an extra shot. Art thou feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> okay. Cheers. Cheers. Clunk. Clunk. So, after the, the rally, the sweet cheese, we see we come into a scene. There's a bunch of cats playing poker. Fibel has an idea. Fibel does indeed have an idea. And lets the people know at the rally. It was like, okay, sounds good. And oh yeah, are we men or mice? And they're like, we're mice. And they're like, yeah, and we're proud of it. And I was like, okay, way to shade the human race. Anyway, so a bunch of cats playing poker. We see, we find out Warren T. Rat. He's playing the the violin in the corner. Poorly. The the poorly. The the other cats. The other cat. Oh, literally. The other cats are complaining about the noise, and he's like, "Well, this big nose is getting in the way." Takes off his nose. I was really confused for a second. I've seen this movie so many times completely forgot he was a cat <laughs> so he takes off his nose takes off his ears um untwists himself relaxes and we see that warranty rat is none other than a cat and yeah. fifel is right on the other side of a little window kind of because mirror? him and tony were late so they're building this like huge contraption the other yes. mice, they have a plan to get rid of all the cats. And so they, you see all these like birthday candles as lights. We get to Professor uh, Digitalis Museum of the Weird and Bizarre. The family is right there. So I was just like, again, I forget the plot of this movie. I'm so into it. I just like, <laughs> don't think about, like, I know what happens. I've seen this before. Yeah. But I didn't think about it. I was just like, oh, come on. Five was right there. How, how, of so course I mean, he's going like, to It's like the them. movie Serendipity, kind of, with, like, yeah. them running into each other, basically. Um, and so, so yeah. yeah, he's late with Tony to get there. So they're constructing this thing, his plan to get the cats out. And he comes and so, across Warranty Rat. Because like, he like falls in a grate. Where he's followed he's by so, so many bugs. So many. And I was like, okay, so there's Digit, which Not is a, a bug. And he's like a person. But these other bugs Are aren't Are just people. bugs? It's and they have wings, but they fall into the water. And what was that animal that ate the bugs? I Was it a I, fish? Was it an eel? I'm, uh, I Alex don't know. called it a sewer salmon. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" What the that? fuck that is wasn't a sewer a salmon? <laughs> oh, uh, what is it's a sewer? Nothing. Like a cat? Oh, anyway, it's um, nothing. It was like a bit, but like I was like, I don't know what they're trying to animate here because like this weird ass creature eats all these bugs, and Fibel like is now yeah. seeing all these cats, and it's the. Um, uh, the Mott Street Maulers, No mm. Dogs Allowed. 
we see beautiful dreamers playing in the background and we're introduced to tiger tiger cool little cat tiger is voiced by dom deluise who's been in like everything Mel works yeah blazing saddles but he's also been in a lot of animated stuff the secret of nim all dogs go to heaven mm-hmm. uh, oh and one of the Mel brooks things did you see have you seen Spaceballs? yes He's Pizza the Hut. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. It's so much fun. That's funny. I like that. Um, yeah, so he's playing so, poker. He's just yeah. like, he thinks he's playing rum, Gin Rummy, which is a, such a good card game. Gin Rummy is a good card game. I was not that great at it growing up, but I appreciate the game for what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. so five, back so to what you were saying before. So Warren is the boss. Yeah, so Warren T. Wright is actually a cat, and he's the boss of all these cats that are here playing poker. We see Fivel, so Fivel sees all of them. Warren sees Fivel see him and is like after him basically because he knows my secret now. He's like rats. And lols. <laughs> um and Fivel, it's infuriating because Fivel almost gets away, right? Like so he climbs up this manhole, he's at the edge of the manhole, he gets his hat and he does this little smirky, like, I'm putting my hat on my head, like I got away, blah blah blah. And then stays there literally a second too long. He's like six. And gets yanked back down. <laughs> well, that's his own fault. He should have been better. The Lord yoinketh, the Lord needeth lo- away. <laughs> Yoink. So, Fivel gets captured um, by the and cats. Then we see, like, the plan to chase the... Uh, the chase the we cats do, out like, of... We do, like, a quick uh, look on the uh, plan to chase away. the cats away. Quick cutaway. And then we come back to Tiger, like, checking in on the prisoner, the hostage. Yeah. And he was like, I have, like, the instincts of a cat. Wait, I am a cat. Literally. We find out they're, like, talking to each other. And Fievel's like, I lost my family. He's like, oh, I lost my family, too. He lost his eight brothers, ten sisters, and three dads. Which, like, fuck you, heteronormative (laughs) family structures. (laughs) Um, so, so then we find out more things about Tiger. He's a vegetarian, but like yes. sometimes he eats fish. So that Which means he's a pescatarian. Yeah. Yes. Um, he likes broccoli. He likes butterflies. And like Fievel's like, wait, me too. And we get into the song, A Duo. A uh, Duo. This is like low-key a really cute song. Yeah. I love how to rhyme with duo, they say 2 o. <laughs> uh, it's fun. And- and it's so cute. I don't know why, we're but especially but especially like, with similar. the especially with the color changes of the animation, like it goes like pink and like blue, the like all these colors changes. And the size, it's like they're both shown as the same size, which I thought was interesting. But it kind of gave me with with them being the same size and the color changes, it kind of gave me the dancing elephants in Dumbo like vibe when he's drunk on oh, champagne. I disagree because that scared me. That reminds oh. me of the Humphalumps in Winnie the Pooh. And, and the Humphalumps scared you? Yes. Are you kidding me? I guess I saw Humphalumps when as I was an a older... Small chi- uh, when I was a small child, I was scared of everything. So. I probably, I probably Ursula, saw that. Couldn't even see. I probably so saw that scary. at an older age than you originally yeah. saw it, so I yeah. didn't see it as scary. But I understand are that. scary. I, as a um, small child, I could understand that. Yeah. So anyway, but like I also like when like they show the 
scenes of them like the same size uh, like the obvious metaphor figurative language like imagery of that they see each other as equals yeah yeah they do and it's interesting um and also tiger Tiger has a strong ass tail he does um also love that tiger is an ally that comes back (laughs) i am an ally (laughs) an ally um so then an alarm rings um and five so all the cats start to run in or like first the cat the uh the cockroach uh gidget gadget digit digit thank you i could not remember um so digit runs in tries to grab five noticing he's out of the cage all the other cats run in five has to like run for his life basically they grab tiger and they're like what was he doing out of his cage how did he escape and he's like oh he overpowered me and they're like he's a two-inch mouse you're a cat how the fuck did that happen so (laughs) tiger is immediately fired which tiger is immediately which is sad but um, but then so we then, see these other cats are chasing five. They're chasing five to, the to the other pier. mouse. So so this was part of this was part of the mice's plan. So the mice's plan was that at six a.m. exactly, which okay, we're gonna talk about the issues with their plan. So at six a.m. Oh, the ship departs, and their plan was then at six a.m. to basically gather all the cats to like have them chasing the mice, and then have like basically lure them into this trap. The big thing that they were constructing, which we'll see in a little bit, the big thing that they were constructing was going to chase them off the pier and onto the ship, and the ship was going to leave at 6 a.m. Fival runs into this, uh, where all the mice are, with cats chasing him, at 5.50. So it is 10 minutes to 6 a.m. They are all dead Was it 50 asleep. or 55? It was 50. It shows... Okay. It was fifty. It shows fifty-five okay. a few minutes if, later. Uh, if Raven is wrong, you can email us at boozecools at gmail.com. <laughs> and you can like email address it to Campbell. Um some people that may be a more thoughtful podcast co-host. Wow. Or DM us at boozecools on Instagram. Rude. Anyway. I would never do this without you. Five, five <laughs> runs <laughs> into where all the mice are at 5.50. And they're just like, oh my god, it's too, it's too early. And I'm just like, it's ten minutes. Also, to why like, do at, these mice not sleep in shifts? Why is at, why are literally all of them asleep? All of them are asleep. At the very least, Horribly y'all should organized. be awake at this at 5.50 to execute your plan at 6 a.m. Like, Anyway, so... Like, at least, like, the leaders, like, Gussie with your bussy should be, like, up and at him. Literally. So they're all trying to wake up real, real quick. Um, Fievel, uh, he kind of outs Warranty Rat to all the other mice, right? Like, yeah. he's like, he's a cat. You have to believe me. Like, he's gonna kill all of us. And they're just like, um, no, that's Warranty Rat. And we then know Tony... Him fucking american sniper usopp one piece <laughs> bang bang slingshot knocks off his disguise and yes. a couple of, granted it takes him a couple of shots but that's still very impressive because it only took but him like three he, shots. Had, he yeah he with two shots he knocked off three things exactly so sniper good, good uh, sharp you, shooter um so he knocks off his disguise everyone sees that he's a sharp cat cheddar. <laughs> everyone sees that he's a cat then warranty rat like starts to like set the area on fire right so he like lights a match yeah. on his so teeth. he's just like oh i'll just like Wild. kill y'all no no he takes a match and he like uses his like i guess like gold tooth or like rough uh, teeth fair. 
Yeah. To like strike to, the match. To strike it and then set it to like what I assume is a wheelbarrow of like cotton or lint yep. or something similar. It was cotton. Yeah. Immediately sets fire. Why is that there in front of this like. Very confusing. Very confusing. Emporium <laughs> of curiosities? Very confusing. So then Mouseheimer gives the signal to release the secret weapon, which is the thing that they spent all night building, right? Well, at first, like, the cats are alerted, and so people already start oh, releasing yes. it early. Yes. So then Honest Tom is, like, trying to stop it. And then it gets to the point where, okay, we stopped it. Fire's going up. Okay, we need to start it. And so now yeah. with all the knots and the... the stoppage they are having trouble actually getting it going actually getting it launched and so So, fival yeah saves the day he finds like the kind of one of the main ropes that's like holding in place and instead of trying to cut it he just burns it away um so he burns it it snaps he gets like shot away and like hits his head on like a screw or like piece of metal yeah so so we now have a look now we have a little concussed mouse. Little baby, baby. concussed mouse. Mm. <laughs> so he's passed out. Um, there's. But then we see what the thing is. And it's yes. a giant like contraption. Trojan horse based thing. Yeah. And it's the giant mouse of Minsk. Which was a story that we story alluded that we heard to at the, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which it looks so cool. It's animated. Kind of like charcoal, like pastel, like styled, rough hewn. Yeah. It gave me vibes of like the the Rat King from the Nutcracker. It Ooh, was interesting. It was I don't know. It was just like really cool how it was animated. I'm yeah. always impressed with these like 80s and 90s and even 70s like the animation styles and the work yeah. that was put in i'm always just like ooh, yeah I see because it's low like key it. like that and that's how you can tell that this is a good animation style because despite the fact that you can tell it's older it still holds up in its own way yeah yeah um so yeah so so this this giant mouse of minsk um comes barreling down uh this this way it you know the mice are inside it are shooting fireworks at the cats they're shooting fireworks at the cats and then the last minute they're like geronimoing out uh parachuting out of the of the creature or of the of the build um and then it like pushes all of these cats like forces all of these cats off the end of the pier um most of them end up jumping into the water um and basically like they've and they get all of the cats like out. on the ship of the star of Hong Kong. So they're heading yes, to, they're China. headed to Hong Kong. Yes. Which was the plan all along. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't know if it was intentional or not with that. I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't, they were like, I don't know if they meant to target specifically the ship to Hong Kong or if that was just the next ship that was leaving. But either I'm way, gonna, I mean, it worked. It worked. And they were like, I guess we're there's, you know, they're, it's, kind of like as a juxtaposition there's no cats in america there are mice in china yes. and they're just you know they're like oh i guess we're on the outs here yeah um, i guess we're gonna find there, we're gonna there have to learn seven chinese total cats in the country of america indeed and... <laughs> in the city of new york <laughs> but now we see we go back to five to little baby and five kerosene leaking that it, that spills towards the museum uh, where the creature is being stored and catches fire. So and we now we see Tony and Brigitte like looking for him. Yeah. And this entire movie, Tanya's like, "No, he's alive. Let's he's at alive. least he's ask alive. around." 
Like, and, like ask her, somebody, right? Yeah, and her parents were like, absolutely not. Um, and so they we have like, zero faith in you. They like hear someone calling out for Philly Mouskowitz. It was like, if I'm Tanya, goes to Tilly. Bible could have been Philly. And his parents are like, no, 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 no. They're calling also, for Philly. Also, who's watching their baby? It seems None like of, all the nobody. mice are here constructing zero people, this thing. Zero persons are watching Yasha this is fucking baby. <laughs> um, Yasha slash Yilly, uh, Tanya slash Tilly is uh, telling them like, hey, they could be calling for my brother, Fievel slash Philly. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. They're just calling for Philly Mousekowitz. There are plenty of Philly Mousekowitz. And, and they're even like, if they, even if they meant Fievel, there are plenty of Fievel Mousekowitzes. Mm-hmm. Um, and but so, then Brigitte shows Mama the hat, so they do the know hat. it's there. It fievel. is their fievel, yes. So and we um, see like there's a lot of the firefighters come. They are, like putting out the fire. Fievel yeah. gets washed away again, and he ends up in the happiest place on earth, Orphan Alley. Oh. And these other orphans are like, "Why haven't your parents been looking for you?" And then Fievel like starts to cry. And, and then he, it's just like, yeah, that's messed they up. They should like, be looking for me. They should be looking for me. And I broke oh. down. It's so, because for the first time, for the first time this entire it's too movie, much. since Never Say Never, he has lost his hope. He believes, like, they're not looking Somewhere for me. Somewhere out there is playing again in the yeah. background. And it's just like, I, it was so, too much. Too much. And so he's just like sleeping there. And orphan alley for the rest of the night. It's morning. There's this weird scene with a bunch of birds. Didn't understand it. Where they were like fighting each other. There was like too much time on those birds. There was like a lot of personality. (laughs) Especially for like 10 minutes left in the movie. Not even 10 minutes. It's like, do they need to fill their time for the movie (laughs) to like get to a certain point? So they just had this extended shot of these baby birds. Like, what the brown one with the big ass head was being like dragged into like the bird bath i was like i was like why is this what's happening what what are we doing here what does this have to do with anything so then we see uh tanya his sister his parents papa and mama uh tony and brigitte um again no baby and gussie mouseheimer again no baby are all riding tiger looking good on gussie because honestly when you first see gussie it's just like oh you're some reach bitch um, but she was like really commanded, organized, take she was like did the good work. Yeah, yeah. Um and so they finally find him they're like, calling out for Fievel, 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 they're calling out for him. They finally find him. They're reunited and it's so cute. And the piece that plays that over animation, this is like reunited. the lighting changes. It's it's like and golden everything's sparkling. Uh, it's so um, beautiful, it's so cute. It's like shining. Everything is just like refreshed. Yes. And so they're reunited and Papa's like, I never thought I'd see you again. And he's like, Never say never, Papa. And I'm just like, Oh, oh my heart. <laughs> um, so they're all like hugging here's and your, then here's your cut. hat. Oh, and it finally his ears perk up and the hat finally like actually sits properly on his head. And it's like, oh, character development. Um, and so then we cut to we see a scene, he and Tanya are riding on Henri's back. And his parents are riding on his One of the hot ass birds backs yeah um and those are he, some hot ass pigeons some hot ass pigeons and so again baby not to be seen ever again. 
and they take them to see the now completed Statue of Liberty, um, Did shining you appreciate- in brass. That it was like brass copper, like it was like yes. golden that color. I'm like, yes. hell yeah. I did appreciate that, which for because anyone who doesn't listeners. know, yeah. the Statue of Liberty was originally constructed out of copper. Um, so originally she was meant to have this kind of like, not quite golden, but like the, the kind of shining look. Eventually that color oxidized because copper can oxidize. Um, so they oxidized into this now green color that we know today. But, but originally it was shiny. It. You could clean it. I, I kind why of don't know why haven't they haven't. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's like what Alex was talking about. I was like, why haven't they done that? Maybe it's just, I would say maybe it's a big project, but we spend billions of dollars on a lot of stuff. So I don't know. I, like, maybe it's to the point there's so much merchandise and that's associated advertisement with, green... with this like green yeah. Statue of Liberty. But it makes me sad because that's a whole chemistry lesson by itself that a lot of people don't <laughs> know. such a nerd. <laughs> um, and so then they're like flying around the stop Statue of Liberty. It winks at them. So yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, did the Statue of Liberty just smile? What the fuck it was, was that? It was <laughs> jarring. It was jarring. Um, and they see out it's like, Henry is just like, this is the rest of America. He's like, oh, I can't wait to see it. And he's like, Someday you will direct setup for for Fievel goes west. Fievel goes west, yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the end credits. There's different overtures we have somewhere out there again, but like the one with the popular artist. <laughs> yeah, Linda wants that and fiend. So then we get into insert Campbell's jingle from earlier. Ravens. Uh, I'll try it again. Uh, Raven's Composer Corner. Ooh, it's like a little jazzy. I love that. Um, so, for our Composer Corner today, we will be talking about none other than James Horner. So, James Roy Horner is an American composer. He lived August 14th. Horner Corner. (laughs) (laughs) He lived uh, August 14th, 1953 to June 22nd, 2015, which is a great month to be born. Shut the fuck up. Um, So, he is known mostly for the integration of choral and electronic elements in his music. Like C H O R A L E? Yes, choral. Yes. Um, and specifically as well for the frequent use of motifs found in like Celtic music, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Um, so he, among uh, many other movies that I'll go over in a second, he did the score to Titanic, which is the best-selling Never orchestral seen. film soundtrack, <laughs> which is the best-selling uh, or best-selling orchestral film soundtrack of all time. He's won two Oscars, uh, as well as two Golden Globes, three Satellite Awards, and three Saturn Awards for that movie. Um, So Titanic for Best Original Dramatic Score, and My Heart Will Go On, of course, for Best Original Song. Um, He's also won six Grammys for many of his works, including, but not limited to, An American Tale and the song specifically Somewhere Out There. Um, And a quote that I thought was very interesting from him um there is no way you could put a score like this in any other kind of film it would only work in an animation or if i wrote a ballet um and he like Mm -hmm. specifically talked about like how much he really loved the score and loved like the work he did on this um so some of the other like very notable films he's worked on um southpaw if you've ever seen that braveheart titanic um avatar no i'm related to braveheart 
wild, but I do see that. Um, uh, the Mask of Zorro. William Wallace. The Land Before Time, A Beautiful uh. Mind. He also worked on Casper, Aliens, and multiple Star Trek movies. As well as Glory, Field of Dreams, Balto, which I fucking love. Uh, Jumanji, oh my God. The I've Karate been wanting to watch kid. Balto so much recently, but I don't think my heart can take it. And The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching. Which it does... That does remind me. I did want to talk about this, at least briefly. What something really cool with this movie... It was like... This movie did along the lines of like a lot of different creatives, artists, things like that. Yeah. This was like a reclamation of like rats and mice being personified yeah. as Jewish. So there's also uh, this is just you know, uh, you know the graphic novel uh, Mouse. No. Okay, so it's M A U S. Um, it is a, is often published with the subtitle, A Survival's Tale. It's a graphic novel. It's by, uh, Art Spiegelman. Um, and it depicts him interviewing his father about his experience as a Polish Jewish person and Holocaust survivor. Oh. It's a graphic novel and everyone is like the Jewish people are a mice, like personified. I gotcha. And so I think it's in two parts. I read the first one, and this past couple weeks I did buy the second one, so I'm excited to read it. But there has been a lot of um, anti-Semitic propaganda depictions of Jewish people as, like, mice, as rats. So this was along a lot of different art and um, media uh, to reclaim that back for yeah. uh, Jewish people. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. So something that uh, some things that I also thought were interesting. Uh, so the score was recorded by the London Symphony Orchestra in the Choir of King's College. Um, and Campbell mentioned one of these earlier, but there are two ex excerpts of period music that appear in this film. So one of them is Poor Wandering One from the Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan. Another one, Campbell, I thought you might find this interesting, is The Stars and Stripes Forever by John Philip Sousa. I was going to say that because if you are a conductor or if you've been a drum major or anything like that, mm -hmm. if you have to figure out the tempo for songs... Stars and Stripes Forever is 120 beats per minute. That is like the basis a lot of conductors use. Yeah, it's like, oh, if it's 120, it's like, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, 120 BPM. Yeah, amazing. Um, so the initial, the original songs were written by Tom Baller, who unfortunately had to leave the project and was replaced by, not replaced, but uh, Cynthia Well and Barry Mann took over. Um, and then we mentioned this earlier, but a full like special version of Somewhere Out There was written specifically for Linda Ronstadt to be sung with James Ingram over the ending credits. And that specific version, uh, won two Grammys for Song of the Year and Best Song for a Motion Picture or t Television. So just thought all of that was interesting. Um, Campbell, our discussion yeah. question for today. So 
This is partially born out of the quote that I mentioned earlier by James Horner. There is no way you could put a score like this in any other kind of film. It would only work in an animation or if I wrote a ballet. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is that so a lot of people talk about how they have an easier time accepting a musical when it's in an animation format um, because there's kind of an inherent suspense of disbelief, right? Mm -hmm. More so than there is in a live action film. And a lot of people have more difficulty accepting that actual real people in real life would just burst out in the song. The way an animated character could. So I'm curious for you Campbell, like one, do you have a preference for animation versus live action musicals? And two, what if anything about animated musicals makes uh, perhaps is more grandiose or or allows for that greater level of grandeur or evocation or um, just emotional extract um, in the music? I, it's not that I have a preference for one more than the other. I think I just have like a lot of good memories and nostalgia mm -hmm. for animated musicals because those scores, it's just, I feel like not necessarily that it's easier to like evoke those kinds of emotions like those kind of like grandiose related things i think yeah. back to once upon december and anastasia like the to do that like live action to get like the ghost the dust the like wide shots the budget needs to be so inordinately high to make that possible not even good but watchable yeah and it's just and not not to dismiss like how hard animation is but like the ability to do so it is like easier technology and things like that and budget wise um so uh, uh, what i like about live action musicals is when singers are able to draw me solely on them what i like about animated musicals are how the singing the music is able to draw me into the environment so I think it's very two different things I see. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, um, I prefer live action musicals um, because in theory, I, I love like theater shows. I love yeah. dancing and singing myself. And I love being able to see people do in theory what I could do if I were properly trained <laughs> and or put enough effort into it. Um, but the thing that I do really appreciate about animated musicals and the thing that I think makes them a lot easier to watch for people as well is that there are similar to kind of your answer, but there are so many things that you can do in animation that simply are not possible. Like regardless of whether it would just require a big budget, like simply are not possible in live action. Um, like I'm thinking of like Frozen 2, for example, where um, during the Into the Unknown sequence, uh, we see uh Elsa's interaction with all of these different spirits and stuff like that and again not to say that you couldn't do that with CGI in a live action but it simply wouldn't have the same impact you know and I yeah. mean like I think there are ways that animation um the types of things that animation can 
illustrate is the word that I'm looking for. The types of things that animation can illustrate sometimes are concepts that our brain has no visualization for. And in a live action, it like physically wouldn't compute properly, right? Yeah. Um, and I think because of that, like animated musicals are so good for being able to kind of expand the brain's senses and being able to expand what we are able to interact and empathize with. Um, and so for that reason, I think they're very cool. Although I will, I'm still partial to live action just because I love mm -hmm. seeing the real thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, Campbell, I have an inkling, but I yeah. don't know for sure. What are we playing today? We'll be playing somewhere out there with Raven on the cello and myself on the trumpet. But when the notes get too high, I will be playing the clarinet. Hi. Hey! <laughs> Burp. Be right back. I think we're good. That sounded so good. So no more trumpet. No more I trumpet. I will no longer subject myself to that. <laughs> Maybe if I actually practice once in my entire life, uh, things would sound better. But I'm going to go to clarinet. Anyway, this is where Tanya takes over. So it makes sense to be different. Indeed, it does make sense to be different. Uh... So let's start at pickup to 21. So if you count, I'll do the pickup, and I can go to the end. Okay. One, and two, and three, and... Oh, sorry. You're doing a pickup. One. No, no, no. Do exactly what you're doing, and I'll just cut them. Okay. One, two, one, and two, and three, and four. because I didn't realize that there were several flat incidentals uh, or accidentals. I always forget which one the term is. Um, Accidental, accidentals. Accidentals uh, in this section until I saw them. Uh, that's, the, that's the power of sight that's reading. That's the power right? of sight reading. Uh, so those were very much not correctly played, but we try our best. It's not like anyone's going to hear it. True. <laughs> Would you like to do it again? Nah. <laughs> okay, so let's start measure 30. You ready? Yep. Okay. One, two. Measure 30. One, and two, and three, and four, and... I don't know about you, Campbell, but I feel really good about those last few measures. Nice. I don't think we we're exactly together. And I messed up a little bit because that high E is really hard for me. Yeah. Because it's like... Oh, go ahead. I, like, with the read size I'm on, I need to, like, get harder reads yeah. um, so I can actually play that note. But if I play the D before I can hit it, so I'm like... So if I play that like D before the E, well, not concert, but like my D before yeah. the E, I can hit that note like very well. 
But yeah, it is what it is. It's yeah. a really sweet song. This is such a sweet song, and like, it's so cute. I kind of like the. At first, I was expecting it to be an active duet, but I do really like the cello backing to this. It sounds really good. And I was like going back in between me doing the backing on the bassoon and then you playing the violin because there's a lot of violin in the song. But I feel I just felt like a lot of the time I just made you do the melody. So I was like, oh, I can do this one. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That, That's the only reason why. (laughs) (laughs) But that brings us to the end of this podcast. To the very, very end. So, So. Raven, how would you rate this musical on a scale of one to ten? Oh. So, I have a hard time not giving this, like, at least an 8 out of 10. And I'm trying to think of anything I might detract from it. Um, Because here's the thing. This is a very good musical. It's simply not my favorite. So, I don't think I would give it a 10 out of 10. But there's nothing wrong with it like it's very good the score is amazing so i think i'm definitely going to give it a nine out of ten but i can't give it a ten just because uh this is just not for me like it's not my favorite um but it definitely at least deserves a nine out of ten gotcha for me and i do love this i think i'd probably get like for a musical like a seven out of ten because there are some songs i'm just like weren't that jazzed about like never say never never where say never duo. i had zero feelings about yeah yeah i'm just like yeah and so but like the animation the story the emotion that was evoked from me mm-hmm. a lot of the scoring somewhere out there like top tier yeah. for sure so i'd probably overall give it like a seven out of ten i agree yeah but also raven second question for you because mm-hmm. i snuck this in and you don't get to ask me <laughs> Where can you find us and what should you do when you found us? Campbell, you can find us in so many places. Listeners, please jot this down. So you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, um, pretty much anywhere that you want to listen to podcasts or even sometimes music. You can find us. And when you do find us, um, if the platform allows you to, we hope that you rate us rate us five stars please if that's how you feel um if you feel that there's anything we can improve on you are welcome to email us at boozicals at gmail.com or to follow us on instagram and dm us at boozicals on instagram that's b-o-o-z-i-c-a-l-s um you can also comment if you have anything that you would like to suggest uh any feedback sometimes we get things wrong and if we do we'd love to learn more so if there's anything in here that we can improve on let us know be a friend be a pal hit us up end of good job raven thank you oh i love validation i thought you were going to say end of podcast (laughs) 